Hello, welcome to the episode number 91 of the At U2 podcast, where we talk things, all things U2, album news, tour dates, and everything else that we can think of that came up in the past year, 2018, the year of our Lord, 2018. Uh, I'm Chris. We don't do like every show recapping the whole year. Oh yeah, this no, is we're, just, this is... <laughs> we're recapping every single concert that U2 did, every single event <laughs> that U2 had this past year. So buckle in folks, it's going to be uh, about a five to six hour podcast. Matt and I have scheduled potty breaks, so we'll alternate going to the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, no. Well, that would be interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm sure there's podcasts out there that do that, but uh, yeah. no, we're not going to do everything. We're just going to cover highlights and and because it's just you and i we get to pick the, what those highlights are but uh, listeners have sent in suggestions using hashtag ask at you too and also on our facebook facebook.com slash atu2com right i don't have the link in front of me but uh, uh, i think so yep yep and uh some thoughts there and so obviously as you're listening now it's a little bit too late to send in your thoughts but actually feel free to send them in using hashtag ask at you too on twitter or find the post on facebook if you're so inclined uh on our page about the episode being released and we'd love to just continue the discussion further after the fact that's what social media is for being social and all that so like i said i'm chris he is matt the other voice that you hear is matt welcome back matt hey chris how are you happy holidays yeah, I think I think it's holidays. It feels like the chaos. I'm, I'm anxious for the holiday part. The do you have? Are you are you covered in snow up there? Uh, we have snow, the usual amount. So okay. I mean, more than you, I think. We, you know, it's it's crazy because we had our first snowfall about three days ago, and then it melted twelve hours later. And today it's like fifty degrees and sunny. And I was looking at the two week forecast all the way out through and past Christmas, and it's going to be in the forties and fifties, which is. Sure. We're not usually that warm. We're usually 30s or so. So, so. that's like above freezing anyways, right? Above freezing, yeah. Yeah. So Which, I'm not complaining because I'm not a cold weather person. So We're not too much cooler than you, actually. We're about maybe 5, 10 degrees Celsius cooler, but below free, just below freezing. Anyways, this is not a weather podcast, as fans oh. of my other podcasts will know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the live stream, Document Zero. Thanks for watching. They posted, thanks for posting on Facebook. You can join live now, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah. We're, 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 we kind of focus on Twitter because <laughs> it's so handy. And, but today we actually remembered Facebook. So, yeah, I know it, it's, it's one that I know we, uh, there's a huge amount of folks who are on Facebook, obviously yes, I keep hearing about it. So <laughs> we should probably remember to post on there. It's, yes, we should. it is a lot of work to copy and paste a post over to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more when you're busy getting everything going, all this, you sort of forget and then we're going and then we, yeah. Anyways, uh, we have, well, actually one thing you've been really busy with is the new at U2 site we should mention. So at U2.com, if you're not familiar with it's the pod or the website that this podcast <laughs> originates from. And, uh, you have a, a new design redesign. Yeah, we just launched to, as we record, this is what Thursday afternoon. So I guess it was late Tuesday night. We finally turned all the buttons and flipped all the switches and uh, launched the new website. And it's, it's been, uh, my gosh, Chris, we've been working on it for years and years and years. And it's, it's almost, uh, uh, now that you've launched it, it's almost time for a redesign. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, right? It's, it's so, when something takes that long, like, like I'm already tired of looking at the site. I know. <laughs> it's like brand new to everybody. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been looking at this for two years now. <laughs> but eh, not quite two years. But no, it just it takes a long time. And it's and you know, frankly, it's took a long time in large part because of our own 
uh, delays and things that we were wanting to do and all that stuff. But it's also because the band has been so stinking active nonstop for the last three years, mm-hmm. and working on a new website is hard enough and even harder when you're needing to keep your regular website updated and tracking everything the band is doing. And so yeah. I am sounding all whiny, but anyway, we are just very excited that the new website is finally out there and launched, and there's, you know, there's little things that you kind of overlook. So we're still you know, polishing up some of the shine and fixing some of the things that we find. Um, but it's, yeah, it's really cool to have it out there. And if somebody wants to, what's the best way to sort of send feed? If like my Android device from five years ago, doesn't display any sort of posts or something or whatever the issue might be. What's the best way for folks to send feedback? Uh, probably, I mean, you know, on any of the social channels would be fine, but probably the easiest one would be an email to, there's a contact page on the site. They can just they can find me or anybody on the site and send a, an email that way, or just webmaster at u two dot com nice. is an email address that gets checked. So anything like that, and and yeah, there's if there's something that we did overlook or got lost in all the shuffling, that would be great to hear. And I know there's been a few issues. If anybody's watched or using the uh, at u two app on iPhone or Android, right? There was some issues with the that updating, or maybe that's been sorted out now. Yeah, well, because. Yes. The, well, the app will. I mean, it's. I, I think it was. It's like borderline impossible for the app developers to get too far into what they need to do because the site is was the dev site was private. It wasn't out there for public for you know for them the apps to communicate with the private site. So they were kind of hamstrung in what they could do. But now we have everything live, and so the feeds will get all updated, and so. Uh, Jason and Braden are in the process right now of working their magic on the apps, and those should be up and running, I would expect, in the next I don't, day or two. But I'm not an app developer, so don't hold me to that. <laughs> yeah, it's easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah, i just wave a magic yeah. wand, snap your fingers, and the app's updated. No problem. Um, and while you're – so there's an article you can check out, which will be in the show notes if you want a link. But obviously, <clears> just go to <throat> atu2.com. Um, but also another article that, or interview that was posted recently that uh, you may have slipped past – your radar, if you're just listening to the podcast, uh, is a part one, I guess, of the interview you did with Willie Williams, uh, set designer and YouTube tour show guru. director. Yeah. And yeah, he's got all kinds of titles and yeah, and fanboys like me <laughs> <laughs> emailing him all the time with questions and all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, he, uh, we, we, for the past few years, um, every each tour, He's been gracious enough to do a sort of an email Q&A interview kind of thing. Uh, I mean, the first time he did, did an interview with us, I think it was 2001 or 2002, which was – and it was this real – it was just this epic interview. And I like – I was like – I mean, the website was like five years old then or six years old or whatever. And it was just like the coolest thing in the world that we actually had this interview with somebody that close to the band. And so, you know, we've kept in touch and all this sort of stuff and – um so we tried to do this interview. I send, you know, as I do uh, for at the start of each tour, you know, here's my questions, you know, answer whenever you can. And it was just, he was, I guess, too busy during the first leg of the tour. And there was just all sorts of craziness going on. And we just never connected. Um, and, you know, we thought, and then he said, you know, well, let's try when the start of the European tour comes around, I'll answer some questions then. And then kind of things fell apart at the beginning of the European tour. I'm sure we'll talk about this when we get to the year interview recap, because what was it? The second show is when Bono lost his voice. And mm-hmm. so that just sort of threw everything into a, you know, this, all their sort of plans went off in a different direction. So we just never connected. And then this email showed up out of the blue about, uh, I don't know, 
a week ago or 10 days ago and he said, here's, an- here's what's going on, and here's answers to your question. So part one was just sort of this thing that he wrote on a train from Dublin to Belfast before uh, the first Belfast show, I think it was. And it's just like this stream of consciousness, like he used to do with the tour diaries um, on YouTube.com and wherever those got posted. Um, so that was really cool. And then the second part was he went back and answered a bunch of the questions um, that I had been sending him over the course of the year. So that I, ho- I hope will post early next week uh if all goes well so nice yeah, yeah it's cool a good stuff. read good read and a good uh i think like you said behind sort of you get a little taste of behind the scenes of what and why and and some of the things that we even theorized about i know on this podcast about yeah. things they were doing and why they weren't doing other things and and kind of like a a great encapsulation of the tour and so yeah like a like a kind of just like a look inside their brains and and how they react and respond to to different things that happen and what that forces them to do and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, it, it is good stuff. Yeah. Um, almost, uh, if you if this, if the idea of listening to us prattle on about the year in review, just go read that article or that interview. <laughs> It'll probably be just as good a summary, not to downplay what we're about to do here, but you know, people got to wrap presents, drink eggnog, et cetera. That's, so, that's right. Exactly. Hopefully we're accompanying you while you do some of that. So let's just j- dive right into it. Uh, the year in review, 2018 edition. 2018. Yeah. Do you say, you say 2018, 2018. What's the, what's I, you the know, I, either way. You're good. Okay. Whatever you're in charge, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> so way back in January, if we can roll back the time machine, you two announced their European tour dates, which there's much consternation and worrying, I guess. Right? I remember about after the North American tour was launched and announced. And then when was the European tour dates going to be announced? And, um, this was a year, I guess, of, of kind of like odd promotional stuff that you two was doing and kind of like you think they're going left and all of a sudden they go right kind of and, and especially for YouTube fans who are trying to plan international travel <laughs> as it were yes. it was uh, kind of stressful I'm sure so that's one plus for those of you listening or watching out there who don't have the opportunity to travel to see YouTube internationally it's it was actually a really relaxed year because you weren't worried about <laughs> whether you were going to be able to fly and when when you needed to fly and etc so anyways I'm getting ahead of myself um, but yeah anything January wise otherwise they they performed at the Grammys. Well. Yeah, they had that they had that Grammys performance, which was out on the barge. I think was, if I remember correctly, was pre-recorded. Yeah, um, and Get they out did of your a couple way, different songs right? and and all this sort of stuff. But I think only one of them aired during the Grammys. It was it was kind of kind of interesting. But yeah, it was. I, I agree with what you said about the, kind of a, a, a different marketing and promotion kind of thing because they had. I mean, and we could talk about this at any point during the year, but I guess we could just address it now. Like they did like eight zillion remixes of like every single that like they did all these different videos. They had multiple videos for different songs. And I think we kind of determined, I, I th- I'm sure we talked about this on one of the uh, one of the previous podcasts, that with chart success now being so based on how often things get streamed or played or listened to or whatever. It's sort of in the artist's best interest to put more content out there to get people consuming more and streaming more. And so I, I like other artists, um, 
I think my son was telling me that some artist, you know, released an album and like issued all 14 songs as singles, videos and all the sort of just to try and get people streaming everything to, you know, influence the charts and all the sort of stuff. Right. So, yeah, there was a lot of that. It was a, a, a really interesting uh, marketing and promotion and lots of different videos and remixes and all that sort of stuff all year long. So. And you can kind of now looking back on it, I know Sarah uh, Stone, I think, on, and other YouTube fans have messaged me about like the, why is there yet another like uh, Love is Bigger remix or, or whichever, you know, like why won't, why won't they release a new song like Red Flag Day as a single or something like that? And and I think there's, I remember seeing an article go across on at U2 about how wherever they were was it like they had some um, chart success anyways and on dance remix charts of some sort you know, and because of some of that. And so you kind of see like, okay, they're trying to just get, they know the rock pop fans are there. And yeah. so now they want to get back into some of that stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it was love is bigger. It went to, at some point during the year, it hit like number one on the dance charts because they had like 40 or 50 different <laughs> remixes and it's not that, and the charts aren't based on like a single remix. It's based on how often all of the remixes together get played by DJs in the clubs and streamed and all this sort of stuff. So it's just, it's a bizarre time we're living in with how yeah. they, how they, they, they determine what success is. It's so different from what it was, you know, five, 10 years ago. Which is, it's kind of like the Netflix of music now where it's just like dump it all at once. <clears throat> let them, yep. I mean, obviously yeah. we had albums before that were needed to get the whole album at once, but yeah, just yeah. dump it on everybody. And then somehow you two in the Spotify, Apple music algorithms will rise up and more people will get it suggested to them. Just like what we do <laughs> when you release <laughs> a Twitter tweet or Instagram post right. or whatever, and you promote it. Yeah. And you're, yeah, it's, we're all competing for the same kind of attention spans of people. So, um, anyways, not to digress into <laughs> social media commentary <laughs> and advertising, uh, so jumping into March, let's say they they won Best Tour at iHeart Music Awards, and then also released the Americans another American Soul, another American Soul video. Video yeah. that that was an interesting sort of video strategy too, which again goes back to maybe on YouTube where they're just like let's throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks and helps us rise up to have more viewers on our channel, I guess. And um, which is uh, good for fans. I mean, it's cool. You know, it's it, it beats the alternative of not having stuff to watch and listen to, right? So right, and that's where uh, who was it, Mason in our chat uh slack chat was saying the get out of your own way had the they teased a shot with anton on the uh was it joshua tree 30 during joshua tree 30 on the rooftop that they never released that and but they did the like cartoony yeah we still haven't seen that have we though yeah did a get out of your own way they did a video in brazil and that has not been seen yet right yeah and they on their instagram that's what mason had posted is like coming soon (laughs) the video for get out of your own way which shows adam on the rooftop like not a cartoon version of adam obviously um and that's just you know doesn't come and and i guess obviously the promotions people aren't necessarily the video people and aren't bono and the band so as we can read a little bit we don't have like the the willie williams of their marketing team i guess would be a fun one to chat with whoever that might be exactly or team um to get their tour diary of you know we spent X amount of time putting together this video, showed it to Bono. He was on his way to save Africa from AIDS and decided, no, we're not going to use it and just <laughs> didn't sign off on it. So <laughs> didn't like the way the sun was hitting him in that one yeah, shot. And so now it's in the vault, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So, um, yeah, 
So let's keep on moving. I guess uh, feel free to interrupt. I know I, I tend to speed through these, but I know we end up spending. Yeah, no, hours. yeah, no. Keep, keep speeding along. Cause we'll, <laughs> there'll be there'll be things that we need to slow down for when we yeah. get to the tour time for sure. So April saw the Lights of Home uh, Beck version hit Record Store Day uh, release, mm-hmm. which is fun. And uh, Beck, of course, was on tour with him for a stop or two, right? Uh, or am I mixing up tours? Yeah, he did. He <laughs> well, op- well, he opened up. Josh, yeah, that was 2017. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember seeing him at the end of 2017. So. It all blurs. It um, does all blur, doesn't it? <laughs> and, uh, and then the strangest, is, is this not the strangest news of the year? Which which the one? one? The aquarium? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, like just totally out of the blue. Oh, this, the, the aquarium in Salt Lake City has purchased one of the U2360 claws. And you're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what? Which I don't think so, that's yeah, seen the light of day yet, but... No, well, I think it- I think they uh, they did, or they're planning to do a groundbreaking. Uh, you know, put the shovels in the dirt and all this sort of stuff. But it's, I mean, I remember after the 360 tour way back when there was all this talk about how you know we're gonna sell the claws and and you know blah 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 blah. And we were trying to you know research what it's gonna cost and all. Not that we could afford it, but we just wanted to you know tell yeah. that story of how you put this kind of stuff up for sale. Um, and then here we are all these years later and randomly an aquarium in Salt Lake City. Like if you'd made a list of 10 places that are going to buy a claw, that would not be on your list. No. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's cool personally for me because Salt Lake City is just a quick flight over that way. So oh, yeah. I think I, I'm not positive, but I think they're planning to have it built by like the end of 2019. Don't hold me to this. <laughs> Uh, but I think that's the plan that it's going to be installed and it's going to be part of a, uh, you know, aquarium related educational program and conservation program and just sort of, you know, just a whole different experience. So, and I love aquariums, so I'm kind of excited about that. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if it becomes sort of like the, you know, the Joshua Tree is a mecca, Joshua Tree National <laughs> Park, and then also this aquarium all of a sudden, you know, becomes this place where you can go. To get right. a little bit of YouTube history. Uh, Document 01 in the chat asks, where, when can you get the remix version of the YouTube podcast? That's coming in January, actually, is a 16 album yeah. remix version of the podcast. <laughs> Cross, where we'll, we'll do an LP version and uh, yeah, EP. And, and then, we'll, uh, then we'll get Beck to remix it too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the, the one other big thing in April was the they released in advance of the tour 10 days before it opened the tour opened is they released this AR app, augmented reality app, which was for iPhone and Android. If was it on Android as well? I can't remember. Yes. So it may not have been on day one that sometimes how they come a little. And, uh, and much fanfare, obviously, especially amongst YouTube fans checking out, it was like this, you know, Bono pops up out of your CD cover on your phone, kind of looking, (laughs) singing along to love is love is better. No, love is all we have left. Love is all we have left. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, document says document one says uh, he had they have the Android and used it in Vegas and L.A. So, um, and then obviously in hindsight, that kind of like slowly disappeared from from it was used extensively. Obviously, you could, you could use it. Sorry, in North America, but then was did you do it? You you went to what Montreal? Yeah, and I tried it, but we were also really up. I was like right up close to the, to the catwalk or whatever. Um, and I don't remember, we were kind of joking with people because people, you could see random people who knew about it would pull out their phones to sort of point at the screen. Nothing was happening. Nothing's happening. Put the phone away, you know, try it again five minutes later. Um, and it didn't seem to really, I don't know if they had even disabled it at that point in the screen. I don't know. It seemed to be the same kind of visual, but maybe they'd taken out the AR triggering stuff or whatever in the screen just to 
say like it's not we're not worrying about it anymore <laughs> but yeah what was your experience yeah, I, I i mean i did it um i i was at tulsa and both the vegas shows so early in the tour those were like three of the first five or six shows i think and i thought it was just kind of underwhelming um it was you know it it's what you just you know there, there would be Bono was singing, but before that it was like this iceberg and then water was falling and it sort of melted away and the water was on the floor. And I mean, it was a, you know, it was like a cool factor the first time, but it was not something that you're like, oh, I'm at my next YouTube show. I got to fire this up again. I, it, yeah. I don't know that it, it really was that interesting. And I remember we were <clears throat> at one of the shows, I might've been Vegas. I don't remember, but we were standing our group, uh, staffers and friends and all that. we were down on the floor like near the red zone entrance or something like that and one of the people from whatever company it is that built the app was like standing right in front of us and like testing like holding up the devices in different directions and all the and testing and i heard them they were talking to a, a another person i don't know who it was but they were saying yeah you know we've got plans to add this and this and that and the other and it just never as far as i know i don't think it ever changed over the course of the first leg i think as you were saying it was just kind of yeah. Pretty much the same thing. So I, I, I think it sounded like they wanted it to do different things and, and expand it and all that sort of stuff, but it just it never kind of went anywhere. And then, as we know, um, they just dropped it entirely and changed the entire opening of the show for Europe. So Yeah, and like Document says in the chat, that it does, like the app still works if you point it at a screen, like if you watch a video on YouTube or you point yeah. at your album cover, it'll, it'll still do what it's supposed to do on there. But in terms of like the actual opening where it had like the waterfall and stuff like that, they kind of phased that out, it's, it seemed like anyways. And, and yeah, it feels like one of those things where technology gets the, them some press in the, you know, in the lead up to a tour, but then they don't actually have, a, they, they have heart for like anything that helps communicate the songs better, I feel like, but they don't really want to invest or put time into the that side of it where it's like, one-on-one kind of stuff. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, it, or, or it's just like technology where it's like someone's cousin's uncle who, or whatever, who's like super big into AR and thinks you two should do it and convinces somebody to you know spend 50 grand on an app and, and develop this thing. And then the band actually is like, that's kind of lame. We're not, we don't really want to do it or whatever. Yeah, I'm, you know? I mean, it, it might be the kind of thing that we, you know, 10, 15 years ago or from now, I mean, 10, 15 years in the future, we look back and say, you know, they were ahead of their time. They tried it. It wasn't ready for primetime them. And, or then and you know but now here's how other artists and uh, are using it and it makes perfect sense then so i mean it could be something like that for all we know and that's where something like uh not to go too far down this rabbit hole but like i watched the coldplay's new concert documentaries on amazon prime right now actually and and is out soon i think to buy or whatever and and other artists have do that, done this as well where they you know give the fans wristbands as they walk in special wristbands that all change certain color as you watch as the show happens and things like that um and so it, it would have been neat to have like you've got fans with this app in their phone and 90 percent of the fans are going to have a phone with them in some form to say literally like just ask them to pull it out and have it be like it all forms a word or it for, you know, or something right. like some sort of picture happens on the, amongst the fans or whatever. But do you, anyway. do you remember, I mean, we talked about that, like one of the podcasts right before the tour started, like, are they, I remember having a conversation, like at the beginning of the show, will they put something on the video screen instructing fans to download the app and here's yeah. how you use it. I, they never, they didn't do that. So no, no. Anyway, like we said, it, 
missed. I feel like it's a missed opportunity. I don't know. I, I wouldn't call it a failure, but it's just kind of like, especially the hype that they had leading up to it yeah. and time and money. I'm sure that was spent on, it's not cheap to develop an app and test it and all that stuff and yep. b- b- include it in a show and uh, things like that. So anyways, uh, skipping on to May, the tour begins obviously May uh, 2nd, Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma. That sounds right. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yep. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Of all places. And you were there strangest place to open a tour but okay <laughs> not there's anything wrong with tulsa it's, no. it was a nice town i enjoy i quite enjoyed it actually but yeah that's uh, not where you would think yes i was there it was uh and i and i are we going to do the at the end of the before we wrap up we're going to do like favorite moment mm-hmm. of the year because that's mine is going to be from that show um but yeah it was it was a good time it was uh it was an interesting show i you know it's like it was a typical U2 tour opener where they're still sort of getting the hang of things and working their way through it. And the show gets, you know, significantly better within a week or two when they've got their, <laughs> when they've got their groove on. So, yeah. so yeah, but you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's always interesting to see the first show of a tour. And uh, Bono and Edge were on Ellen around that time as well, obviously promoting <clears throat> it, uh, doing an uh, interesting acoustic version of Vertigo, if I remember correctly, uh, which is kind of a funny choice for, Yes. I'm always amazed when they do acoustic vertigo. It's not the first time they've done it. It's no. just, it's such a heavy song and, and, and it's just, it kind of blows my, I'm not a guitarist. You are, um, as a non-guitarist, I get blown away to see edge do that song acoustically. And the fact that it actually sounds a little bit like vertigo. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not the easiest one. I mean, the riff is fairly easy, but like the, in terms of some of the stuff edge is doing, it's, it feels like if he was hoping for like a quick, easy, you know, like staring at the sun kind of acoustic song. Right. It's not that, but, um, uh, at buzz one daddy said seeing you two in consecutive years was, so we asked folks obviously on, on Twitter and elsewhere what their favorite moment of the year was. So we'll include some of those throughout the show, but at buzz one daddy said, seeing you two in consecutive years, hanging in San Jose at the SAP with partner in crime, spud taking in you two EI tour, bumping into Uber, you two fan Trish. You've seen her in the IE tour video as the cool young lady who danced yep. with Bono during mysterious ways, uh, at Tim jar, right. Said, uh, somehow winding up just one row of people deep you got the name right (laughs) it's the end of the year i had to do it uh from the east age closer than i've ever thought i'd get to be to the magic that this band makes here in glory and ocean live of course the real best was realizing that acrobat was in fact just an unspectacular retread of exit (laughs) not not my words tim jar's words (laughs) and not something fans should have wasted so much time clamoring for the band to play live ducks to avoid projectiles being thrown his way i feel like maybe this tasula wrote this actually No, but wow, Tim, that's, that was just some fighting words, but I, I mean, I guess I, I understand like we've fans have been clamoring for it. I feel like it more than lived up to the expectations. That's a big one, big highlight of the year for me is, I don't know if it's the highlight cause it, you, you heard it so many times, obviously uh, over the course of the year, but finally hearing that song live and having it for me personally, unlike Tim <laughs> live up and exceed expectations of how they would do it live. Um, I guess briefly, what did you think? Obviously you're disagreeing he with called Tim. It- he called it an unspectacular retread of exit <laughs> and not oh my gosh no i look i i was i was very much into sola's camp prior to the start of this tour that i didn't understand why the whole of youtube fandom wanted them to play this song because it was just sort of a middling I don't think it's a great song on the album. It was sort of, it was like a sort of a mid tempo, another mid tempo song. And they have a million of them. And I just didn't think that it would translate well live. And then they played it and it was fantastic. And so 
That should be the last time we quote Tim on this podcast. That's all I'm saying. I'm just suggesting I'm tossing that out as a sort of a, a resolution for 2019. No Tim comments. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that to the board, I guess, and see if uh, okay. what kind of if, if they get a seconder for that motion. Wow. <laughs> uh, Matthew Gruber said, Bono making eye contact with me and slightly raising his eyebrows as if to say, hi, you were singing and not looking through your phone. What's up during Lights of Home in Nashville, which is kind of cool. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, I think there's lots of fun, obviously, on the tour for fans. Uh, and like they said uh, multiple times, this is kind of like a, a tour for the hardcore fans is how I, Edge I know, referred to it at, at one point. Yeah. And, so lots of uh, obviously love and hate for some moments, I guess, <laughs> in the tour. Who was it? Was it was it Mason or somebody in our Slack? It was like towards the end of the European. It must have been at the end of the European tour. Somebody said, like, imagine a year ago if you had said, yeah, U2 is going to be on tour next year and they're going to play Acrobat and Dirty Day. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> like you, you would have locked. You, you would have been locked up for being crazy for saying that. But yeah. I think it is important to remember how how uh, far outside the realm of possibility the idea that Acrobat would get played was yeah. up until yeah. this point. And, and obviously hearing it, you know, being rehearsed initially, I think in Mon- Laval, Montreal, um, mm-hmm. originally, and then kind of like, okay, maybe they actually will do it. And then actually them doing it. And then, yeah, even still, until you actually hear it yourself or see yourself live, I guess, it, it was hard to believe yeah. that it was actually happening. So. Willie, uh, Willie talks a little bit about Acrobat and McFisto's return in, in part two when we get that posted next week. So. Ah, nice. Something to look forward to. Preview. Teaser. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The, uh, so Joshua Tree Tour won, won some Billboard Awards, Sirius XM added a YouTube channel, and then a uh, big kind of cool moment for a lot of fans was that YouTube played the Apollo Theater as part of their Sirius, Sirius XM, I guess, a promotion or, or whatever. Right. Um, it was all contest winners, right? And then obviously family and friends of the band and stuff. But um, that's how you got, it wasn't like tickets for sale, if I remember correctly. Or was yeah, it- no, there was nothing for sale. Um, but they did, they did like, there were like five or six different contests. There were like a couple of them were on Twitter. A couple of them were on Facebook. I think there was something on YouTube.com and like... Um, Tasula and Kelly from our staff, or one or the other, or maybe both. They like one of them was like wear a, t- a U2 t shirt and tweet about it, and they won, they got selected that way. And so, yeah, it was really cool. I, I wasn't at the show, but uh, everybody, and it, you know, it was different uh, to some degree from the uh, from the main tour set list and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, everybody that was there just said it was like a religious experience so i mean you, i mean and you can picture you know seeing you two play in a a, a little theater like that it's, yeah uh, be very very special yeah bono as you someone or you wrote i guess bono i was gonna say someone wrote but you matt mcgee wrote uh bono called it a bucket list item and you two played when you two played harlem's legendary apollo theater for the first time and so we crossed yeah. off his list so very cool yeah bring out the horns and and everything for the show uh, lots of fun. Uh, U2 conference happened in Belfast, which I know uh, I saw Sherry, I think, tweeting about just saying like that's a highlight for her of the last year too is having that uh, that experience and any sort of gathering of U2 fans, even if there is no concert experience to be had is is a great time, I think, to be had. And uh, Absolutely. Um, Kevin Shannon uh, commented saying Acrobats as well was a highlight for him, specifically the Edge of Solo and Acrobat, which I would – just put a ditto stamp on as well. Um, another contest they did, Bono and Edge performed at the Cape Cod Beach House, which uh, Sherry was able to take part in uh, and watch, and which would be a, just a neat, again, acoustic set and seeing them completely outside yeah. of their element. <laughs> with, yeah, right, with like 100 or 200 
other people on a lawn with the river right behind you or the bay or whatever it was right behind you. And yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, it was kind of, it was like six or seven songs, I think. And, mm-hmm. and uh, one of a kind. And we'll have links to a lot of these things in our, in the show notes. So if you're curious later, wanting to sort of get, find out where, where, more about the story if you didn't hear about it the first time. Um, goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 slash 91 is the episode show notes, but also on your podcast player that you're maybe listening to this on likely has some sort of screen that'll show you uh, links to the things. So you should be able to click through, read it on the site as we're talking about them. Um, heading into July, the tour, US tour anyways, ends in Uncasville. So Tulsa to Uncasville, I guess is... <laughs> <laughs> I wish, just a weird I, I miss Sherry being on. I love when Sherry says the word Uncasville. <laughs> <laughs> says it with a little more oomph. She's got that, yeah, that Northeast kind of thing going on. So <laughs> uh, The Beck video came out of uh, Love is Bigger, which is kind of neat, letting someone else like that sort of remix. Or no, the video for Beck's remix of Love is Bigger, I guess is what I was trying to say, came out. And right around the time, too, the McFisto, McFisto filter hit Facebook. So you could actually – I haven't checked lately. I, I did a month ago or so, and it was still – Is it still a couple there? A couple months ago, I, it was there. Um, but I haven't checked lately, so I don't know if it's still around. But you could apply the McFisto filter to your Facebook – to your face second, on Facebook. Probably the second strangest news item of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. I loved playing with that. That was – my, uh, my wife did not like it in yeah, the least. No, I neither <laughs> – uh, the, I, I feel like, I don't even know if there was any promotion of that off you from you two officially. Was there, I feel like it they, definitely came out without any promotion and then afterwards in some form, did they? They did like a, like a week after it was there. Cause we, I think we were probably the first to post about it. Um, and then, then it sort of spread among online fandom. And then I feel like it was like five days or a week later, I don't remember if they put it on YouTube.com or just on their Facebook and Twitter, but they did do some promotion of it. I don't remember how extensive it was. Yeah. That's where, again, a lot of the tech stuff feels like a, it's like, you know, I don't know who, I'm just going to make up somebody, but like Bono's cousin, who's like super into this stuff, convinces the band to try it, but then the band is like, doesn't pay attention to it after the after they sign off on the check or the, <laughs> the memo yeah. or whatever. And so it doesn't really reach any sort of critical mass and you kind of just have to find it on your own. But um, anyways, uh, August is when the European started in Berlin, August 31st, all the way back then. That's still back in 2018. If you can remember that far back mm-hmm. uh, and the European tour starts. And, uh, and then September is when, what, what is your, Berlin showed PPD? Postponed. Oh, postponed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It says Berlin. The words in our notes say Berlin showed PPD. Oh, showed. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so shown. Show. Postponed after five songs due to Bono losing his voice, which was a. I remember I posted that and like you know I retweeted or whatever and like had friends commenting and saying like holy crap that's like it, it something yeah, that like that obviously scary. registered beyond you know a YouTube fandom of like and and it obviously is makes for a good headline or not good but like <laughs> headline of you know Bono loses his voice and might not. It's never a sing juicy he- yeah. If yeah. you're if you're a if you're an editor at a. a- news publication that's a juicy headline yeah one you want to definitely so, get up there yeah. so but uh, no that i mean i remember i i wonder if it was the same for you i remember like because you can follow along on twitter and so everybody's like you know the show is stopping something's wrong with bono's voice and then like within the hour somebody had posted video on facebook or yeah, twitter video or whatever it was and you're like watching it and i was like legit scared i was like oh my gosh 
that looks really serious to me because I remember like I don't remember like uh, like I'm zooming in I'm getting right in on the video getting up because I need you know I glasses and all so I got to get close and I'm like it looks like something in his neck snaps I'm like so I'm like going immediately to like worst case scenarios like muscles are torn in his throat he's never going to be able to talk again I'm like oh my god what is going on here and you know I guess that's just natural if you're a YouTube fan, but it's, I remember being like legit scared. Like it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, is this it? Yeah. And wow. Thank God it wasn't. I mean, they didn't cancel. I mean, they did the next show, didn't they? Yeah. Like it was just the one show that they missed. And so in the end it was felt like, okay, it was probably nothing, but, but yeah, like during those, that day or two after or whatever, it was kind that of, that was scary. Yeah. And that's where, again, reading various accounts, whether it's Willie's or I forget who else's uh, sort of account, there's an article, I think, about that sort of time looking back on it a little bit and just like how close they were. Like, okay, is this the, the band themselves thinking, like, is this it? Or is this just like the. And obviously, with knowing what, what we know now, as far as, you know, some sort of health scare that Bono had to put even before the Joshua Tree 30 tour came out and sort of relative to that, like obviously they had this experience once already of some form where it's like, is this happening or are we done now? Is Bono dying or is who, you know, whatever happens with him happened with him. Um, and so similarly, obviously for, as far as the band is, not that it's the same, his family is very much appreciative. He's alive, even if he doesn't have his voice, but as far as the band is concerned, if Bono can't speak, the band is done. Right. Um, and oh, for sure. And so, yeah, just that terror of like, what do we do with it? There's the immediate, obviously, of like the tour and the, just the logistics of that, but then bigger then picture. The, yeah, longer term stuff. Yeah. And, then you, the, and then the next show, when they do get on stage, you're like, all right. That probably was like the most listened to stream, like all the Mixlers <laughs> and everything, like yeah. the whole world, all of YouTube fandom is like tuning in like, OMG, what is this going to sound like? Is he going to survive? Is he going to get through the first song? Well, it was like. Wow, that was just a it was a crazy crazy time. And yeah. and uh, yeah, as you mentioned uh, and Willie talked about in the in part 1 and I think talks about some more in part 2 when we get that posted. That one night, that one event, him losing his voice, that just changed the entire the entire plan and trajectory of the whole second leg and all of the set list changes that they did, they spent the entire second leg kind of reworking you know, the whole first part of the show, yeah. it was all just based on that, that, that one event losing his voice and having to cancel that show. And this sort of chain of events that it triggered just led us down this path that no one expected to happen. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how that does. Cause like even reading it, I still don't totally connect why like the, and the big thing seems to be that instead of ending the tour in, in Dublin, right. They were going to have to end in Berlin and they're going to record now. That sh- was that show going to originally be recorded in Berlin, and that's yeah, why. Yeah, I think. Well, I, th- I think it was. I think it was, and maybe this is in part two. I'm not positive, <laughs> but it was. All of a sudden, well, now the last show is in Berlin, and oh, by the way, we also need to film a show. So why don't we just film Berlin? And if we're going to film Berlin. If we're going to film a show and it's going to be Berlin, we don't want a bunch of the same stuff from the 2015 tour being repeated right. on this this video. So why don't we figure out a way to tell this same story but without making it look like a copy of 2015? And so just sort of this ch- – I think some of it too is what we talked about a few podcasts ago where it was like all of a sudden, oh, wait, yeah, we do need to, re- to film something <laughs> here at some point. I think, I, mean, I think that kind of played into it. 
Yeah, it's well, it's like I mean, I think we probably. I don't want to retread too much, but like, I don't want to end up offending Tim Jar if we retread episode eighty-eight <laughs> or whatever of the podcast too far. But, um, but yeah, it, it is kind of like they're just humans, and they're like someone scheduling <laughs> forgot to like put yeah. on the calendar like record right. concert. By the way, it was like a, a check mark on the to do list that <laughs> just kept getting put off, put off, and then oh shoot, yeah, we actually have to do this. So, um, yeah, and then also in September there. Uh, Bono, keep it moving on here. Bono met Pope Francis, so maybe there was you know some good timing there for some <laughs> extra blessings for the <laughs> vocal cord. Yes, yeah, yeah. Vo- vocal cords blessed. That was and it, yeah. uh, Rattle and Hum had its 30th anniversary. Obviously, it didn't get its own tour, but uh, Edge and Adam appeared at the screening of that in Dublin. So, a fun way uh, for fans to experience that that uh, concert video, and and for the rest of us in the world who aren't able to experience it because we still don't have a proper release of it in 2018. Just hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Put a moment of silence here for anybody who works at YouTube PR or just like, you know, something. Just put it on Netflix maybe even. I don't know. Just like some way to actually watch the thing without me having to go buy a PAL or Betamax or whatever player uh, to play my copy that I picked up at the Dublin airport. Uh, hashtag release it for Chris. I think that's what we need. All right. Uh, moving on. November, the tour ends in Berlin, as we mentioned and have discussed ad nauseum, I think. Um, but very cool hearing, like we, uh, a few of the fans here, I'm just going to mention that commented on as Kat- Katarina Kobus said, Edge saying Dirty Day in rehearsal. Uh, John Duan said Lights of Home in Dublin 3. Um, These were their favorite moments? Favorite moments, sorry. Yeah, I'm just quoting yeah. some fans' responses. Uh, U2.se, so U2 uh, Sweden. Uh, after missing out on U2 tour version up here, our favorite moment of U2. 2018 was from a Swedish point of view was, oh, that was recently Edge actually appearing in Sweden at the, uh, what was it? The Nobel Prize Nobel stuff, Prize right? stuff, yeah, for a, a, a doctor or researcher in cancer research. So uh, family ties in there. And and I, I, I'll quickly interject this. One of the, uh, a fan, I think, in Norway, and I don't recall his name, and I probably couldn't pronounce it if I did, um, <laughs> sent us a couple links that some of the, the media there the newspapers in in the, the those countries that region were really like giving edge crap about wearing his beanie through that that's oh. that nobel <laughs> ceremony They're like no you don't dress like that <laughs> it was that's like awesome. some of the comments were pretty snarky i was like oh my gosh wow <laughs> I, you know i ran it through google translate and i'm like oh man wow they are pissed <laughs> yeah <laughs> Got to dress for the occasion, I guess. I edge, guess so. Even if you're Edge. Uh, a few other things. Bono did the Jimmy Kimmel Red Shopathon again this year, uh, uh, which again, you can watch the videos on, on at UT.com. And then, of course, for Red Record Store Day, sorry, uh, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, the version that played in the concerts was also released on uh, vinyl, uh, which is very cool. The Gavin Friday, uh, I want to say Regine from Arcade Fire. Yeah, I think so. I think, so. I think Regine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of fun stuff sort of rounded out the year. And then, of course, like we said, the tour ending in, in mid-November. Um, and then, but yeah, the band has still been very active as far as Bono, like I said, doing the Jimmy Kimmel show and other stuff. He's, they've still been in the news and haven't sort of gone away to be quiet at, as of yet. Anyways, well, I guess we'll see what happens after with the holidays and stuff and then into the new year if they keep a low profile or if they're kind of like enjoying the limelight a little longer than and hanging on to a little, a little longer after the tour. Um, a few other fan moments were, that were mentioned. Leslie McFarland said Larry's drumming on the blackout at Dublin 2 and checking out the Clarence, checking into the Clarence, sorry, and getting a room where Beautiful Day was filmed for Top of the Pops. 
Very cool. John Sohol said, uh, first was Dirty Day in Dublin. Second was this version of Pride. Oh, on this tour, um, which, yeah, it was a, they changed it up a bit. And Wild Horses in Tulsa. Duncan Aldridge said, my favorite moments were seeing fans meet the band and reading their stories. I'm hopeful we see the band in Australia soon, but I'm just happy they're making others happy and thankful for the music. I don't recall an album speaking the words of my heart more than songs of experience. Thanks, Duncan. That's beautiful. And uh, Raymond Mass said, getting Edge's autographed in Amsterdam. Gene said, being on the rail at Mohegan Sun after waiting at the box office four hours for GA tickets. Matt Lucian said, May 7th, finally my first acrobat. <laughs> Juan Pedro Garcia said, uh, seeing Madrid or 20, where are we here? Sorry. September 18th, Madrid, the edge in front of me playing until the end of the world. Kelly Crankshaw McLaughlin said, uh, first time seeing Acrobat in years. Sorry. I copy and paste people's names off of Facebook. And I just grabs whatever. Their name. I don't <laughs> really mean to list every, all full names. Um, and hiding in the Berg on Twitter said, uh, not too late to get this in uh, landlady at Dublin Four, hearing my favorite songs of innocence song. Songs of Experience song, sorry, the the one that breaks my heart every time, the best of his love songs, was the reason I decided kind of last minute to go to Ireland with only a hope of getting a ticket. So very cool. Uh, I think I got, that's all the stuff that we, that folks sent in anyways. I'm sure there's many more favorite fan moments. And even on staff here at U2, it's uh, a busy time of year. And so trying to get folks to to send in stuff or whatever was uh, a little bit rushed for this episode anyways. But I know there's lots of uh, fun moments. Uh, What about you, Matt? What was some of your... fave highlights over the year i my 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 favorite moment of the year was was in tulsa um we have a friend a staffer uh named scott peretta have you ever met scott in person Chris? yeah we were at joshua tree he was in okay, vancouver that's right. okay, uh, opener. that's right yeah um and so scott who i've known for just forever it seems scott has been very much in the why don't they play acrobat camp they have to play acrobat camp i hate when they don't play acrobat camp, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Scott managed somehow, even though being part of our staff, managed the Herculean feat of avoiding toy spo- uh, tour spoilers before opening night in Tulsa. So he had no idea what they were going to play. He had no idea what they had rehearsed and all this sort of stuff. And, of course, <laughs> most of the rest of us did know. <laughs> and so, like, I was so excited just waiting for this moment to get there and if they do follow through and actually play it what is going to be his reaction <laughs> and so we get to, i'm like you know i don't know six eight ten feet away from scott he's like three or four people away from me in our in our group and they get to that part of the show and bono starts he starts doing his mcfisto speech right and None of us, I think, were quite prepared for what that was. But then all of a sudden, as Bono's doing his McFisto speech on opening night, you hear underneath, you hear Edge's guitar going, do, do, do. And you hear the little that Larry's doing on the drums. And Scott, Scott, oh my gosh, Scott just goes. Matt literally headset. threw his headset by shaking his headset. Yeah, hard. if he had had a headset on, he would have lost his headset. But he starts going, is that Acrobat? Is that Acrobat? And he starts letting out this, OMG, you know, F this and holy S and the whole nine yards. And I have never in my life seen someone go so 
BS crazy over a song. And he's just like, the look on his face, that will forever be my, it's like one of my all-time greatest moments ever in running at U2 and being a U2 fan. Just the look on his face and his excitement. I have never seen someone that excited. I thought he was going to die. <laughs> it was, that moment was, there's not even a close second place for me. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Your turn. I'll put, <laughs> my, I'll, put my, I'll put my headset on a little more tightly. <laughs> I don't know. How, it's hard to top that one after, but I think definitely like for me, the seeing the show in Montreal and I don't know which one, but just the combined experience of seeing the show finally in Montreal, having missed the, as I complained about probably many, many times on the podcast, missed the IE tour completely getting to see this, this tour that I hear heard so much about, I watched the concert video and then seeing sort of the rework version as part of the EI tour, uh, was definitely obviously the, was the highlight had to be the highlight for me. And then, um, secondary to that was some of the wishing going to like, you know, some of the European stops to hear dirty day and the seeing the kind of the reworked version of the intro, even that they did in Europe and they settled on and stuff. And, and the, I know Caroline, uh, friend of the show, has I think said on the podcast, but I know even in, in chatting with her, it's just like she said it's the best tour opener ever of anything kind of thing. Um, and so I guess a bittersweet kind of missing out on that, but it's still glad that they arrived at something that was even as good as the North American tour was just seeing, being happy for the creative side of, of you two, the, you know, the Willie Williams and everybody else that's involved besides just the four guys on stage um, arriving at uh, a tour like that, that they, you know, that they're wherever they are musically and everything else that's going on in their life that they were really proud of, happy to be a part of putting on, putting on like the best version of the show that they wanted to put out uh, and not being afraid to change it up to get there. Right. Like I think that's part of what is admirable is they could have very easily stuck to the, the same show they did in Tulsa, making changes a little bit here and there, but more or less that show, that's what we're doing. That's the tour we're going. And even you know, if the gut's telling them not to, they, they just stick to it and they could have done that and made just the same amount of money, probably sold the same amount of tickets. And, uh, but creatively they knew they needed to change it. And, uh, and I think that's just really cool as an artist at their stage of their career on the, <laughs> the back end, as opposed to the start. Um, I think that's just, yeah, for me, that's part of a, this, I guess if that's a secondary or whatever highlight, um, of seeing your band, your favorite band in the world kind of arrive at that and, and work through that, I guess, on in public view like like they did is is impressive. Right. So. I hope and I hope they I hope they because the, the European tour it 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 was you know it did it was the the first leg was very static, right? It was like one song would change from night to night. But the European tour, as you said, it sort of developed over time and there were a lot of changes, especially once they got to the end of September when they started inserting and uh, they dropped that first set of, uh, you know, the Iris and, and Cedarwood Road, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then like for the rest of the tour, it changed like every few days. There was, it seemed like there was something changed here, a, adjustment there. And I, I just, I, I hope for the fans' sake, I'm not a set list complainer, but I hope for the fans' sake that they got a sense of how much the fans, especially the diehard online fans, love when they don't stick to a what's the word I'm looking for a well, like a pres- prescribed set list. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, when when they when they mix things up a little more, and I think so. it's even less. It's not so much just the like, <clears throat> hey, I bought a ticket for night one, and why didn't you mix that for me on night two? Like, there certainly is a contingent of fans who are like that, are just like bitter that you two didn't oh, change yeah. it for them or whatever. But I feel like on the creative side, the bigger picture, I think, is is more. I think what a lot of I, the sentiment I get, anyways, from a lot of fans is more just like 
even if they're watching it on Mixler or, or listening, I guess, on Mixler, watching it on someone's live stream video or whatever, it's just like seeing the band explore new ground creatively, I think, is, is kind of what's the ultimate kind of fun with it. Yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> All right. Well, I don't know how, how long I, my timer started a while ago. I think it's been about three years that we've been recording this podcast today. So, <laughs> I think we're close to an no, hour. I'm just kidding, one, yeah. Either either side of it. So yeah, yeah. I think we did okay. Uh, but maybe you have a moment that we didn't even touch on briefly or at all in this episode, and and we'd love to hear about it. If you want to tweet at uh, at you two atu two on Twitter. Leave a comment on Facebook, our Instagram, instagram.com slash atu2com. Any of those venues, feel free to chime in where we post or talk about the, this episode. Uh, leave a comment, and I'm sure other fans will join in in, in a, a fun, polite, nice, fun discussion. <laughs> Without getting into too much of an argument over Acrobat, but Jim Jar is wrong. Um, beyond that, uh, we want to thank you for listening to the podcast, wherever you happen to be in the world. Uh, obviously, having... 91 episodes of a show talking about the band U2 is, is, uh, isn't possible really. And, and as much as the, we could just sit here and prattle on, on, on our own, even if nobody was listening, uh, we do thank you for listening. We thank you for sp- supporting the show, sharing it, reviewing it, liking it, et cetera, all that stuff, uh, commenting, especially sending in thoughts for the show. Um, we're not wrapping up the show. This is not the, uh, go away and dream it all up again speech <laughs> for the podcast, <laughs> but, uh, just with the end of the year, it's kind of nice just to say thanks. And, uh, yeah. And we'll, and yeah, and we'll, t- I'm sure we'll take a break cause who knows when, I mean, we're not going to do podcasts just for the sake of hearing our own voices. I mean, we'll do podcasts. Again, <laughs> That's never happened it- in podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll be back. It's just a matter of we're, we're not quite sure when the next one will be, but we'll we'll, we'll certainly be back. Yeah, and there's like uh, I both I I joked in our Slack. There's stories from this past year that people would love to tell. I know, and Tasula had a great run in with the the band that she needs to share in the podcast. If you didn't yeah, see it, um, and other stories from this past year, and and I'm sure yeah, there'll be stuff from the band that we need to discuss. And there's releases like the No Line on the Rise and the LP coming out. Uh, is it called an LP? It's a vinyl, right? But is it a is vinyl? LP. Uh, look, what I, we yeah. one thing we can be sure of is there will be many more remixes coming out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and definitely watch your podcast player for a remix of this show. Oh, and uh, um, the concerts, the uh, YouTube fan club. I know I saw Document One mention it. We I don't think we talked about it on the show, but like the YouTube fan club. If you're not aware, YouTube.com. You can sign up, and you'll get a uh, in the new year sometime. I forget when it was Jeff February. I feel like or. Is it, was yeah, it I don't remember what they said on as far as timing. But anyways, for the fifty bucks for the fan club membership, you know, you also get a uh, you'll get a copy, a double CD, I think of of uh, the tour concert songs. Yeah. <laughs> that was the worst sentence. Right? <laughs> well, and 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 also um, coming, I got to post this, or somebody has to post this on the site. U two tour de just I think yesterday or the day before was at some event where Anton Corbin was speaking with some other creative folks right. and they asked him about the Joshua Tree movie or whatever it is he's making and he said that it's going to be it's a concert film with some non-concert bits at the beginning and end uh and that that's in I think he said it's in like the final stages or something like that and it should be out in 2019 so I don't know whether or not the band is actually, I mean, there's lots of rumors about them touring. I hope they tour, especially Australia, yeah, Asia, New Zealand, Japan, those areas that have been missed for many, many years. I would love for them to do that. I'm not convinced they're actually going to, but there will be U2 stuff going on for sure in the new year. So yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, if you're on Twitch, uh, we're, we're live streaming. We'll uh, hopefully touch base with you again in the new year. Enjoy the Happy holidays, holidays, everyone. And uh, we'll see you again in 2019. Um, as I mentioned before, goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 slash 91 is where you can find links that we discussed in this episode. And uh, that's it. Adios. Bye.